You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville teaching pastor, Matt Humphrey. We're going to wrap up our series this morning under my roof. Uh, We've been talking about how to have God's peace within our homes, with our families, looking at our relationships, looking at the context of of marriage and finances and parenting and all of that. And so uh, we're going to conclude that this morning. But um, growing up, a favorite pastime, I've probably said this before, uh, when I lived in California as a kid, we used to go to the beach almost every weekend as a family. Uh, we would drive out to the coast. My dad worked um, uh, on a military base, and so there was a private beach. Like it wasn't well, it was, it was government property, you know. So there wasn't a ton of people there, and so you would just walk for hours on the beach and not see a single soul. And it was it was beautiful. It was amazing. And we would we would pack our lunch, uh, and we would just hang out there as a as a family. It was some of the best memories growing up. Um, and here's what I realized though: is that food tastes better at the beach on the boat and the golf course. Like those three things, I don't know what it is, but food just instantly tastes better. Now you're like, that's right, it's true. Um, But here's the deal, when you're eating at the beach, the nemesis is sand, right? Like you ever been eating something delicious, you're ready to like dive into a sandwich and the wind blows or a kid's doing something and you just get a bunch of sand in your sandwich and you're like, it's probably not much, right? And then you take that bite and you feel the grit between your teeth. So you're just like, hmm. And there, you can't break it out. There's nothing you can do from there. And you're like, well, maybe I'll just, I'll eat around it or eat a different part. But somehow sand has this ability to penetrate everything of human existence. But there's no way to, to like separate the sand out from the sandwich, right? There's no way to, it's just ruined at that point. Or you like feed it to the seagulls. Um, and why do I bring this up? Because we can talk all day long about marriage and about parenting and about relationships and how to have peace within our homes. But if, if we fail to mention and to talk about the outside influences that come into our home and rob us of our peace, then we're going to try to eat around the edges. We're going to try to just grin and bear it, but we're not addressing the things that are coming on the inside, causing friction and causing chaos and, and robbing us of our peace that God intends for us to have in our relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about how we navigate through the influences of entertainment, technology, of the world when it comes to our family, uh, when it comes to our home, when it comes to our, our walk with Jesus. How do we navigate through that? How do we look at it? How do we address it? Um, now, we're not one. We're not going to have a phone burning session after this. Um, so this isn't just a, a rejection of that. Um, This isn't also just, hey, figure it out. Um, This isn't a a message of shame or condemnation for everyone. Um, We've talked, I've talked um, at exhaustion of uh, our culture's obsession with our phones. We all all get it. We all know that we spend too much time on them. It's a problem. We admit it. We don't want to deal with it. Uh, We're inundated with stuff 24-7. Remember, everyone cut cable because... Like it was, it was too expensive and now we have like a thousand different subscriptions. Like there, there's stuff everywhere. There's messages from all sides. Uh, students, kids growing up um, are, are 
admitting that they're addicted to technology. They don't know what to do. There's, there's like boot camps and rehab for kids, like not teenagers, but kids who are addicted to games and, and technology and all this, addicted to the outside resources. We've talked about this. We've talked about the, the, the mental health crisis when it comes to social media. We, we, like secular studies across the board, they're all in agreement. There's a problem, right? Our hyperconnectivity is supposed to be a benefit for us. It's supposed to make life easier, but at the same time, it's actually causing a lot of chaos. It's actually causing a lot of problems. Um, look at the whole of the, the shows, the content, the music, all of the things that we allow into our homes, into our lives. And so I think all of us, were at the point where we want health. Like no one's like, I just, I want to be miserable. I want, I want to have a lack of peace, a lack of contentment. We all want health. And so what we have to do is we have to look at the things that are feeding us. Where are, are we planted? What are the things that are feeding our, our minds, our thoughts, um, our, our family's rhythms? And most importantly, what are we connected to? So if you have your copy of the Bible, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 15. I'm going to be in the NIV today. Uh, this is uh, maybe a surprise, but this is not a passage on technology, okay? It's kind of a joke. All right. Yeah, there's, there's no passages on, on how to handle technology, but this is a passage on influence. And so we're going to be John chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go through 19. Very well-known passage. We're going to go through all of it, and then we're going to begin to unpack it and how it relates to where we're planted and what's feeding us. John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown, or sorry, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse nine. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, uh, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you may have joy, uh, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. Uh, did I repeat? I'm sorry. This is my command, love each other. Uh, verse 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. And as it is, you do not belong to the world, 
but I have chosen you out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. I know it's a lot. We're going to kind of unpack it together, but um, we have to understand some context here. One, I'm, I'm a bit fascinated with agriculture. I, when I retire one day, I want to have a farm. I think it would just be awesome. Anyone who's farmed, you're like, that's hard work. You don't want to do that. I, I just, I, I love it. I love watching things grow. I'm not great at it, uh, but I love, uh, I love nature. I love watching um, plants grow and how they're cultivated and how they work and function. And uh, my wife and I, we've, we've got to see, in fact, we actually picked grapes yesterday at an apple orchard, but uh, one of the most memorable uh, times seeing a, a vineyard is uh, we, we got a chance to, to go to Italy and we found a, this like super cheap uh, Airbnb that was on the side of a mountain in a vineyard. Like you, you had to walk through grape rows, uh, grapevines, like to, to get to the house. And it was like this unreal experience of seeing these vines that were going. I actually have a picture uh, like just on the side of the mountain. And I saw this vine. I was like, oh, he lifts them up because there's a vine. And then I picked it up. There's another picture because it's like it, it trails down. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but this idea that um, people don't grow grapes for the leaves. You, you grow them for, for the fruit. You grow them because um, you desire for a, a plant to produce fruit. Um, and the way that it does that is not to just let it grow wild. They plant them in rows. They're put on a trellis. They're trained. They're, they're pruned. They're trimmed. They're fertilized. They're, they're attended to because left on their own, they just grow a lot of foliage. You see runners everywhere. You see a lot of just uh, showy growth, but not a lot of fruit. And Jesus is saying if the goal of a, of a follower of Jesus is to bear fruit in our lives, bear fruit of the work of the gospel, bear fruit of the work of Jesus in us and through us. Our job is not to produce the fruit. We can't produce anything. God produces the fruit. Our job is to remain connected to him. Our, our job is to abide, to, to remain connected to the vine. Um, and what the Lord does is he, he prunes us. He... Um, he cuts off things for our benefit. It, it seems like if, if you've never grown anything, it seems like, it seems dumb almost. Like, what do you mean? It's growing something, you're gonna cut it and it's gonna grow more? Like even our hydrangea bushes at home, like when we, the ones that we've cut the flowers off have produced more flowers. It, it logically and mathematically doesn't make sense. But the more you, you cut away from certain things in the right way, the more fruit that is produced. And the goal is as we walk with the Lord, as we follow his commands, that he, he prunes us, that he uh, corrects us, that he does things for our benefit so that the result is us bearing more fruit. Um, but there's certain things in our life that, one, if you, if you cut off a branch and you walk away from it, it's going to wither and die. Like, it, it, it's, it's simple. It, it can't produce anything on its own. The only way that it grows is by connecting, staying connected to the vine. So how do we abide? Um, one, the first kind of step in that is, is we profess our faith in Christ, right? When we, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we are grafted into the family of God. So that's how we start to abide. Um, then as we continue to uh, walk in the word, as we continue to believe uh, but also this, this last part is that if we, Jesus said it numerous times, that if we keep his commands, 
that this loving obedience is how we abide. Is that meaning that if God's word says it, we, we do it. And what we are connected to um, is, is what fuels us. And so when it, when it comes to this idea of, of technology, of, of outside influences, all these things, because there's several different reasons why fruits either, or vines either produce fruit or not. It can be from lack of sunlight. It can be lack of nutrients. Um, it can be over pruning, all, all different kind of things. But the, the important thing is what it is connected to, right? So there, there's two kind of pendulum swings with this. We, we hear that um, there's a problem. We hear that there's a lot of influence. And so on, on one camp, you're like, we're going to reject technology. We're going to get a horse and buggy and move to Pennsylvania, right? Live off the grid. We're just going to completely reject it. Um, when it comes to our kids, we're, they're going to have like stone tablets or whatever it is, you know? Uh, they're, they're not going to know technology. If I can just shelter them, if I can hide them in a cave, don't do that. Uh, if, if we can just protect them in a bubble, um, they'll be free from the outside world, free from the outside influence. Um, but that doesn't work, right? Uh, because one day they grow up and they move out on their own. Uh, and I've seen a lot that have rebelled in an overly controlling, overly domineering um, environment. On the other hand, you're like, well, they just got to figure it out for themselves, right? I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to teach them, but I'm just going to hands off. Uh, they're going to they're do their own thing. Uh, neither one are the right response to this. Um, I think there's actually somewhere in the middle, and that leads us to our, our first point, is that as followers of Jesus, we're called to a higher standard. Um, we just are. We're called to a higher standard of our lives. Um, I think that's the struggle. Uh, verse 19, that's the struggle of all Christians. It's where we get this, this phrase sometimes in church of, of um, I'm in the world, but not of it. Is that, is that how do we, we, we belong to God, that we are, we are citizens of heaven. We are, we are, our, our eternity is secure, but while we're planted here on planet earth, how do we navigate? Like, how do, we, how do we not just walk around in a bubble? How do we um, navigate through everything and not just saying it's the devil? Right? How, do we, how do we do that? How do we do that successfully? Um, and I think it's, it's the struggle. I mean, that's why you see it as the, the longer that someone is a Christian, the less and less um, unchurched friends that they have. It's because it's difficult. It's hard to, to, to be a, a salt and light. It's hard to be an influence and to not be overly influenced. But Paul tells us in Romans that we don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we can't just duplicate, that we can't just replicate. Um, the world has drastically changed. Even from like when I was a kid from when you were a kid. Like the, the pace of life, the things that kids are inundated with at, at a young age, the major decisions that they're allowed to, to make at a young age now, the things that we've said, hey, they're, they're mature enough to be able to handle this. Uh, they're, they're wise enough to be able to shape this decision that would shape the course of their life is, is crazy. There, there's so much that's hanging in the balance. We have to have discretion. Um, the amount of things that they're exposed to at a young age. Um, there are certain things when it, when it comes to, like this isn't, let me, just, let me just stop for a second. This isn't me just saying, hey, um, you, you need to be a prude or need to just be completely oblivious 
to the world or we need to just go off onto in one direction. This is us saying that as followers of Jesus, that we have to have a value set, that we have to have a standard of what we allow in and what we don't. And as, as followers of Jesus, there's certain things that we don't allow in, that we don't consume, that we don't, we don't watch, we don't partake in, that we don't allow to, to, to take hold of areas of our life. Um, and so this isn't like a, this isn't a, a rejection of everything. This is a, we have to evaluate because if what we're connected to is feeding us, like if, if the things that we consume then turn into thoughts and, and thoughts turn into actions, then what are we consuming? A, a, an elite athlete is not going to just eat fried chicken, right? Because you understand that, that input will dictate output. And so we, we can't think that what we watch does not influence how we think, how we act, how we feel, and how we perceive the world around us. So we have to have a higher standard. So three questions for us this morning as we think about this in light of all this. The first question is that what have I allowed in that is preventing fruit? What have I allowed in my life that is preventing fruit? Yes, the Lord, uh, the Lord is the one who produces fruit in us, but if, but if we are um, not nourishing if, we are, if, if there are influences that are pulling us away from the vine. Paul talks about it in Galatians. He's like, there's this war between, there, there's fruit of the flesh and there's fruit of the spirit. And it's very evident. When you make a list of the two, there's like, there's, there's no middle ground. Um, and he says this in Galatians, this isn't in your notes, but he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what your sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your own good intentions. When you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. Um, be honest is that sometimes we, we can get into a pattern of allowing content, of allowing shows because of what everyone else is doing or watching can callous our hearts. I mean, I even know that for myself, like if, if I've watched like a super suspenseful movie or something where there's like, you know, people are, are, are like creeping around and you don't know what's gonna happen. Like in the middle of the night, if I wake up, I'm convinced someone's breaking the house. You ever, am I the only guy? Okay. Or just like, if you've been on that, you're like, this is it. This is the moment. I'm, the Lord ordained me to watch that because now I'm ready for this moment. And I'm going to pull out some jujitsu that I've never done in my life before to protect my home. It, it influences the way that we think, the way that we perceive something. It's a, it's a noise in the house. We assume someone's breaking in. It's a it's, it's very simple thought pattern, but it goes deeper. It goes so much deeper. Um, or digital habits, what's pulling us away from the vine. And we can say, well, it doesn't, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a per, impervious to that. Or it's just, it's, just, it's just a little bit in this, or it's just a little bit in that. It, it reminds me of a, have you ever seen the video of the guy, he's, he's got a bag of chips and he's got a scale in front of him and he takes one chip and he puts it on the scale and he looks and it says zero and so he eats it. And he puts another one on the scale and it says zero and so he eats it. He's like, man, this is awesome, right? It's like a little, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't register enough. And so I'm just going to continue to consume it. And then you've eaten the whole bag of chips. And we can maybe, when it comes to evaluating the, the, the content that we allow in, we can, we can look at it from a very small perspective, but it's not, I don't see a 
passage exactly on that. It's good. I don't see a verse directly on that, and so I'm going to allow it in. But a, but a diet of it over time, we don't realize it until our, our heart has become calloused to evil. We don't realize it until we are so desensitized that we're like, oh, this is just normal. Because of what we hear, what we see, what we experience, what we feel. We have to, as, as Solomon told us, above all, out, above all else, guard our hearts because it's a wellspring of life. And Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we allow in affects our heart. What affects our heart affects our words, affects the, 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 the life that we live. So we, we have to be on guard. We have to just not, you know, laissez-faire and, and allow everything. We have to set a standard. Um, my wife... Uh, she is strong, she is resilient, she is brave, she is fearless, but she cannot handle palmetto bugs. <laughs> like, I mean, there is a, she, Wednesday night, uh, we, we have woods all the way around us, and, uh, and so she called me Wednesday, I was on the way home picking up our son up from, from church, and I'm getting like texts blowing up. She's like, there's a bug in the house, you need to come home. I'm calling 911. Get home now. And, and I, so I called her. I was like, hey, what's going on? And so a palmetto bug had come in. Palmetto bugs, another word, in the South, we like to gentrify it. It's, it they're roaches, right? They're giant wood roaches, okay? Uh, and so uh, they, they come in. They live in the woods, and they'll, they'll come in the house, especially this time of year. And so she's like, I'm so mad at you for not being at home right now. What are you doing with your life? And I'm like, I'm on my way home, but you can handle this. You're big, you're brave, you're fearless. You know, <laughs> you're the lion of Judah in you. Like you can, you can handle this bug. And so I'm like, get the vacuum out and like go at it. And so she's like, I may just stay here and watch it. But I said, you have to be careful because um, like at night, if I go out on the front porch to go let the dog out or something, I, I'll see like one scatter somewhere. And I was like, sometimes, I don't mean to scare you, but they'll hold, hide out on our front door like on the wreath or just on the door. And then when you open up the door, they just drop in. And now she's like, mm-mm, no, 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 no. We're gonna use the back door from now on from our house. Um, but it can just, you're not, even, you're not even paying attention. You open the door up and then a bug will just drop off or a moth will just fly in. And if we are not careful, if we don't know where we stand and what we stand for, it's really hard to know what we don't, what we, don't, what we stand against, what we don't allow in. And if, if, if we're followers of Jesus, we have a higher standard. We have to know what that standard is. And we have to be resilient to not just allow anything in, especially when it comes to our kids. This isn't just a kid talk. This isn't just an adult talk. This is an everyone talk. You, you gotta even think, like, think back. Think, think back before technology, even, like, further back. Think about, think about, like when this passage was, was being played out, right? The only influences that were there was within this small network of community. So you didn't have to worry about like what your kid heard on the bus. You didn't have to worry about like some crazy kid on TikTok eating a Tide Pod or something. Like you, you didn't have to worry about these things. It, it was a small network of community. And, and so if we have all of these things that are influencing us, all of these things that are trying to put sand into the, 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 the cogs of the wheel of our homes, like we, we have to be vigilant. 
we, we have to be on guard. We have to be diligent. Um, and as a parent, I want to say this. It's, it's okay to hear your kids say, but all of my friends are doing it. Why won't you let me? Those are hard conversations. And yeah, you can just say, because we love you, but like those are, those are real things. And, and we should be having those moments because we don't live like everyone else. We don't watch what everyone else watches. We don't entertain what everyone else entertains. We don't, we don't uh, just have no filters. Like we, we have guardrails. We have things in place for a reason. Pull back the reins. Mom and dad, pull back the reins. We, we have a rule in our home that they, our kids can't watch shows that aren't pre-approved by us. These are, just, these are some of our rules that we put, because we're like, there's a whole lot to navigate. What do we do? Uh, they have to be pre-approved. And we're like, we need to run a list, because our memory, like we share memory. We're like, did you approve this? I, I don't remember. I don't remember what dinner was last night. Like we, but have set standards. We just now started allowing our kids to, to watch uh, some YouTube on TV where we're, when we're in the room and they can watch four shows. They're, they're, it's Christian content. We know, we know, the, we know what's going to be said. But it's in the, in the, the safety of the living room where, where everyone's accessible. We, we don't allow devices on other floors. It's, it's, and this isn't like, there's a, there's a healthy balance of allowing them to grow and allowing them to develop discipline and for them to listen to the Holy Spirit, them to recognize his voice. We've, we've waited. This is just something that we were convicted on and that we felt strongly about. Maybe it's from all my years in youth ministry, but we, we waited until a lot longer to, to give our kids phones. Um, just because it's, it's, they have like iPads that are locked down, but before we give them a, a smaller version of that, which is definitely locked down, um, we want to see how they handle responsibility. We want to see how they handle it, whether they can have conversations with people, whether they're just walking around like a underlit zombie. You know, we, we want to, we want to give them enough for them to grow, but we don't want to just hand them the keys to the world because we love them and the world does not. Our, our job is to not just allow them to be entertained. Our job is to disciple them. Our job is to point them to Jesus. Um, so, um, and, and more than just the content, I'd even say this, is, is, is how much time what do we call it? We call it um, screen dead sometimes. We're like, you guys have had too much screen time. You guys are like screen zombies. We need to disconnect for a little while. Um, because we can, we can talk about the content too, but if, if, if our social interactions are so heavily focused, what are we becoming? Um, do we like who we are becoming? How is it changing me? The things that we, we allow in, the music that we allow. I... <laughs> Actually, we'll go on date night, and we'll, um, we started dating in high school, and so sometimes to reminisce, we'll like throw back on some old music that we used to listen to like in high school, and we're like, ooh, this is a good one, and then like 10 seconds in, we're like, I didn't remember they said that. <laughs> ooh, oh, no, we do not do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> so we're like, we keep going through the list of like, oh, this is a good song. We can't listen to this one anymore. <laughs> like, our standards have changed, but it, it, it all of these things, they bombard us and they inundate us, but they, they change how we think, they change how we speak, they change how we respond. And I say, what is, what is the fruit? What, what is the fruit of what we are being connected to 
You know, Paul said it may be permissible, but does it mean it's beneficial? And a bad evaluation standard is, is just because you could doesn't mean you should. Okay? Is it what is, what is beneficial? Um, what is edifying the Lord? Number two, second question is what influences are helping me to remain? So what are, what are preventing me from, from uh, bearing fruit, whether it's, a, whether it's what we're consuming, whether it's the content, uh, whether it's how much content, whether it's our hyperconnectivity, but secondly is what influences are helping me to remain? It says, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So he's saying the more we remain in him, the more we, we stay connected. Our, our job is through obedience to his word, through spending time in prayer and worship and in the word. Those are ways that we, we abide, that we stay connected to the vine. The more we stay connected to the vine, that we allow him to prune us, to cut off the dead branches, to cut off the unproductive things so that we can bear more fruit. What are we doing? If that's the goal, what are we doing to help that? Um, I get asked a lot of times about um, resources, about reading plans, about devotions, about how to read the Bible, about how to, how to like I'm here on Sunday, I love it, but when I open the Bible, it's just like so-and-so begat so-and-so, and it's just like I get lost in it all. Um, and so we've been, we've been working as a church, so how can we, we've got rooted, we've got Bible studies, we've got this midweek thing that's starting up, which is awesome, uh, but it's great corporately, like together in community, but it's also so important individually. And so we, we've been tossing this around as leadership, and so I told you guys we have a resource for you, and so I wanna uh, show you a quick video of a resource uh, that we're gonna be giving out to you guys, so take a look at this. Welcome to our study of the Gospel of John. I have fallen in love with the work of Paul as I've studied the book of 1 Corinthians, and I believe you will too. This is where Jesus taught in Capernaum, and you have to understand this scene. The Lord is my shepherd. And over the next six weeks, we're going to look deeply into the 23rd Psalm. Right now, media. It's for groups. It's for personal devotion. It's for parents. The bullseye of parenting is to raise children who become like Jesus. It's for kids. This is Phil. We're digging into the Bible, which, as we've mentioned, is more than just a book. It's for tough times. So when you recognize that you're trying to have a conversation with your spouse and they're not ready to talk, it's not helpful to keep pressing right. them. It's for every phase of life. If you've made mistakes with money, you know what that makes you? Over 12. And now, it's yours. We've purchased a Right Now Media subscription for everyone in our church. Get equipped. Get inspired. So 
So we were really, really excited about this. Uh, we, have, we have made an investment uh, to be able to provide this resource for you. So everyone will, will get their own login. Uh, there's over 20-something thousand video, whether it's a uh, video like curriculum, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's kids' content, like content that you can trust and that, that teaches them scripture that's, that's wholesome, that's great entertainment, uh, whether it's personal devotion, uh, whether it's done within groups. And so this will be, you'll get your own login for that. So here's how we're gonna do this. Um, in the next couple of weeks, as we begin to roll this out, um, be on the lookout for the, the weekly email that we send out to the church every Thursday. If you don't get one, you're like, what email? Check your junk folder, okay? Uh, if not, come talk, us at, talk to us at Connections afterwards. Uh, but the next couple of weeks, you'll get a link uh, that's gonna tell you how to create an account, how to get logged in, how to have all this. Uh, and so we're gonna roll this out for a while and see how uh, we're able to adopt it as a church uh, to be a benefit for you, uh, benefit for us as a church, like corporately, but also individually. Um, that you can have these devotions and these studies to help you um, dig into God's word more and more. So we're really, really excited about that. Um, and lastly, as we land the plane, number three, third question is what decisions do I need to make? What decisions do I need to make? If we realize that there are things that are pulling me away from the vine, that there, is, there are things that are feeding me mentally and emotionally and spiritually that are not helping me to abide, that are not helping me to remain connected where God is bearing fruit in me. What do I need to do? Now, this isn't like a, a, a fear passage, but when, it, um, when we look at, at Jesus in this, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, it says our, our response to sin, he says in verse 27, you have heard what it is said that you should not commit adultery. But I'd say that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole, party to be whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole party to go into hell. What? You're like, wow, that got real real quick. Um, Jesus is saying that sin isn't something to be played with. He's saying that if, if there's something in our life that is causing us to sin, the, the, the law was like, here's the standard, but Jesus, when his teachings always took it, wasn't just about the action, it was about the heart behind the action. He took it even further. He's saying if there's something that's causing you to sin, that it's not worth entertaining, that it's not worth allowing in your life that we've got to perform some surgery and to cut some things out. He's saying it's, it's, it's better if your hand con constantly would cause you to sin. He said it would be better to walk around life with just one hand than for that thing to constantly pull you to sin. And so, yeah, you, you may be three seasons deep in a series, but is it worth it? You, you may be the only person in your friend group who doesn't watch it, but it's worth it. You may be the only person who has no idea what's happening on TikTok. That's probably a good thing, okay? It's not worth it. If something is going to constantly pull you aside and pull you aside and pull you aside and try to get you disconnected from the vine where Jesus is wanting to produce fruit in you by abiding in his word, by following his commands, it's not worth it. And so we have, to, we have to make some decisions. We have to 
I always, I always talk about it like this, to compare. We, we think sometimes that, that sin or habits is like a, a bonsai that we can keep contained. It's like a little habit. It's not going to hurt anybody. I can keep it contained in this little pot and I can prune it and I can just, and it's going to stay in its one little thing. I follow Jesus with everything else, but this is, this is my little guilty pleasure. This is my little thing. Sin doesn't operate like that. Sin is not bonsai, it's, a, it's kudzu. Because where it, where, where it starts growing is not where it ends up. It, it creeps everywhere. And if we look at the things that we consume and we carry that thought pattern out and we carry the, the, the work of following the vine to what fruit it's producing, that's, that's the hard work that we have to do. We have to be willing to eliminate certain things from our life to make sure that we have the, the correct things that are pouring into us, that are pointing us to Jesus, that are helping us in our walk. Because um, I, would, I would even go out of a limb and say a lot of people, when we, if we ever get to a, a season of our life where we just feel spiritually dry, it's generally not because you're spending hours in the Word. It's generally not because you're, you're praying, you're, you're spending time reading, you're worshiping, and it just feels like a desert. It's usually because we neglect this and we feed on everything else. And it's like that kid, I shared this before, that this kid who, who ate only French fries and chips and like bologna, uh, and he, he went blind because of it. Like you're like, that's, like that's all he ate. And his diet was literally robbing him of sight and was killing him. And, and I, I wonder how much of the dysfunction and the lack of peace that we have in our homes and in our families is because we've just allowed the world to dictate what we watch and what we listen to and what we see. Instead of saying, God, let's, let's, let's cut everything back Everything that's, that's unfruitful, God prune me of it. God, everything that is not of you, and we get back to God, what is, what is beneficial for helping me to abide so that you can bear fruit in my life? So let me pray for us this morning. Father, we thank you for your word that prunes us that when we take our lives and we lift them up to the examination of your word, God, I pray that we would have the courage and the, the strength and the obedience to allow your word to perform surgery in our heart and our lives, cutting out the things that will cause rot and disease, cutting off the, the branches that don't bear fruit that are just taking up time and attention and focus away from what matters most. Lord, that we would be a people that hunger and thirst for your word. God, that we would look at the content that we feed ourselves, that we allow our, our kids to consume, and ask the tough questions of how is this shaping? How is this molding? And more importantly, God, what are, what are the fruit of these things? And we would make decisions that please and honor and glorify you. So, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word that is powerful and effective. Uh, and, Lord, we, we pray that we would be men and women 
who walk and live with a higher standard. And we ask all of this in your son's precious name. Amen, amen. Church, we love you. As always, our prayer team is down front. We'd love to pray with you. Church, I hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.